on episode five, Freebird, otherwise known as Twitter. Yeah, I don't think that's the right button. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Welcome to Be The Line, a podcast dedicated to helping you stand out. I am the greatest. Be unique. I don't know how to quit this, but kind of a big deal. And separate yourself from the pack. There's something wrong with us. Something very, very wrong with us. Whether you want to market a business, a brand, or simply yourself, you must be the line. The world has enough lemons. This is developing into a very bad habit. Here's your host, who doesn't play well with others and has a third grade report card to prove it. Fred Rui. Welcome to Be The Lime, episode five. I'm Fred Rui. Great to have you here. Last week, we spoke about Facebook, how to set it up. So um, I'm hoping you saw that. I'm also hoping that you hang around because if we're going to talk about Facebook, then you can't have the conversation of Twitter far behind. So before I get started, I want to remind people that there's even more content on BeTheLime.com. And you should also sign up for the email that goes out weekly or every other week or, quite frankly, whenever I feel like sending it. But I'm uh, actually sharing some really, really good content, and I appreciate all the responses I've got from that, uh, including a survey I did recently, which really kind of was an eye-opener for me as far as what you're looking for, what information you want. So that's great. So I can uh, definitely, you know, this, this whole social experiment of sharing what I've been billing clients for has really been a lot of fun. Uh, and especially having clients, you know, say, hey, how come you're sharing that when you charge me for it? But <laughs> for the most part, sharing the stuff and, and uh, really seeing what, what effects it's having has been great. And as we continue to build Be The Lime, uh, as of this episode, which we're talking uh, towards the end of February here, um, now we'll shift focus over to uh, Twitter a little bit from a personal standpoint on the branding and then, and then share the results with that. And actually, I'm, I've almost got all the Facebook results ready to share with everybody as far as what we did there. So let's talk about Twitter. When a company, business, or individual comes to me for help, I usually have an initial meeting. And, and it's usually just to see what their objectives are, to see if we're a good fit together, you know, if I can help them, if they're realistic or committed to their goals. And for whatever reason... Twitter seems to be one of the most misunderstood social medias out there, and yet one of the most popular. I mean, almost every prospective client thinks they want to be on Twitter. Um, no, that they need to be on Twitter. They, they've heard it from a friend, uh, whatever it may be. They keep seeing it in the news. The fact of the matter is Twitter doesn't really work for, I'm going to say, eight out of ten businesses. Um, so if nothing else, you're going to, you're going to walk away out of this podcast with one of two things. You are either going to know Twitter's right for your business and know what you need to do to get started or to improve on what you're doing, or you're going to realize that Twitter is just not for you and you should use your efforts elsewhere. So I'm not going to dissuade you from Twitter. I use it every day. I just want to use this moment as a reminder that you don't have to be involved in every social media fad out there. And I hate to use the word fad because, you know, things come and go. But in this particular case, I don't think Twitter's going anywhere too soon. I don't think Facebook's going anywhere too soon. But 
the way it spreads through the community, the way that business owners, you know, get it and entrepreneurs get it, they think they need to be a part of everything and you really, really don't. So, you know, some social media platforms are great fits for your business. And for others, the extent of your actions will be going out, registering your username, and maybe occasionally check in or whatever. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. So why does everyone want to be on Twitter? Well, by now you see Twitter everywhere. Watch the morning news and you'll see a variety of newscasters. Twitter names flash on the screen, at Joe Morning Newscaster or something like that. Uh, if they got a hot topic, they'll put up a hashtag. It's that, that pound symbol, so you'll see, you know, pound symbol, Twinkies come back, you know, whatever it is. And then everybody, you know, talking about that gets in there. You know, at night, you'll find them on any reality show special. You know, Twitter has done a great job piercing the market. Um, you know, you'll, you'll see a follow us on Facebook, but when you really start talking about ongoing immediate conversations, that's happening on Twitter. Those are the hashtags that you always see, like I said, in the reality show or show special. But does it fit you? And why are so many businesses really interested in Twitter? I mean, I think it's, it's partially a rock star perception. I mean, if Yoko Ono can get 4.7 million followers, it shouldn't be that hard for me to get a couple, right? So... If, if, if I could get followers, that could mean business. But let's back up for just a second. And, and for those of you that you know, don't even know what Twitter is or have heard about it, you know, what exactly is Twitter? Well, you remember that game as a child where you tied two cans together via a piece of string? And you know that you had you know, one shouting into the can and the vibrations ran down the length of the can until you reached the, a person on the other end who could kind of hear you? Uh, no thanks to the fact that you are only 10 feet away to begin with. But um, Twitter's kind of like that, except sometimes, despite your talking, there's no one on the other end. Or even worse, there are 7 billion cans and strings, and you can't separate the noise from the good. Matter of fact, people that walk into Twitter that have never been there, they, all they see is noise. All they see is things going out. And I think it's because you just have to understand how to use it. If, and, and that's a big if, Twitter is right for your type of business, you may find it good for keeping in touch with your fans, announcing new things, running a last-minute test or special, uh, publicly taking care of some bad PR, uh, gain insight to your customers and how to better serve them. I mean, there's, there's a lot of really good upside things to using Twitter if it's right for your business. Like many of the other social media sites uh, I'm going to tell you about, you, know, you want to set up a Twitter account even if you don't end up using it. Um, just just to lock it up. Even Jello, you know, uh, it locked up their Twitter name, and they don't really even seem to do anything with it. But they did lock up the Twitter name, so nobody else had it. So setting up your account is easy. You just go to Twitter.com and create an account, and the account is going to be tied to an email. And Twitter will send you a confirmation email that you must click on to complete the setup. Now, all you have to do at this point, your only major decision will be to pick a username. Now, at the time of this writing, at the time of, of, of you, know, do, you know, putting all this down, Twitter was still limiting your username to 15 characters. So if you were hoping for, and every Twitter name has the at symbol in front of it, so I know it's at you, at me, whatever it may be. So if you're hoping for something like at Brad is the coolest Twitter user ever, uh, you're gonna have to tone it down a bit. That's more than 15 characters. So. If you can find a Twitter username that matches your company name, great. Grab that one right away, because more often than not, you're going to have to be a bit creative. Now, keep in mind that you can create more than one account per entity. 
So basically think of it as you can have one account per email. Now, I'm not saying that because you have to manage all these different accounts, and I don't think you want to, but you can have one for your business, one for you personally if you wish. At some point in the future, your, per- your, your personal Twitter account may take over, especially if you become the brand. So for example, I have a Twitter account for most of my companies individually, most of my different ventures, but the bulk of my tweets are sent via my personal account, which is at Godfather, uh, at symbol G-O-D-F-A-D-R. Now, you can see that I did that, you know, very early on. I didn't expose, you know, didn't push all my other Twitters. Matter of fact, I've kind of always gravitated back towards my main personal one. Uh, I just launched Be The Lime on Twitter, and I think I looked at it the other day. There's like 10 followers. We just started it. We're getting ready to do it. I'm not bringing over other people because I want to be able to share. And this will actually have to be a video on, on BeTheLime.com, show you exactly how I'm going to do it, what I'm going to do to build up some Twitter followers. Um, we're getting ready to start pushing that. And again, we're going to show you how to do it. The at Twitter name will always stay the same. Okay, so there's kind of two things you're playing with here. One is the at Twitter name, and the other is the title. Um, it kind of gives you two, la- two, two names to play with it. And you actually do notice the title uh, is a bigger presence on Twitter then you kind of notice the at name. Now, the at name is key. The at name is key from the standpoint is that everybody will have to, if they're going to tweet you or respond to you or direct message you, they have to play with the at name. So I don't want to suggest that the title is, is a way to cheat or the title is a way to um, not care what your at name is. Your at name is still very important. When you look at Twitter, you're going to see two, two rows, if you will. The first one is the title. And you can change your title whenever you want. And that's actually a, a name, if you will, of up to 20 characters. Below that, you're going to see the at Twitter name, which is 15 characters. So try to find something close to your company name, even if you have to have a short version of it. So maybe you have a short version uh, of, on the Twitter name, but that the title becomes it completely spelled out because you've got some more characters. I tend to make the name line the same one as, as the at line whenever possible. Uh, unless the company is so broad, the title needs clarification, or we couldn't get close enough to the Twitter name. But I like them to be the same. Now that you're set up in Twitter, once, you, once you're all set up in Twitter, should you actually tweet and open up that floodgate? Well, let's look at a few things to determine if Twitter's a good fit before we get in there. But at the very minimum, I want you to go out and create a Twitter account, lock it down, and at least have it. So the first thing is you're going to be followed. And, 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 and you know Twitter's made up of people following each other, but in less of a creepy stalker way. Uh, when you follow someone, you're going to see what he or she has to say in the form of tweets. And the tweets are just the very short messages. You decide which people you follow and which ones you don't. Now, just because someone is following you, it doesn't mean you're going to want to follow them back for a variety of reasons we'll talk about later. For the most part, you do not decide who follows you. Now, you can block people from following you, but for the most part, let's just say that anybody, when you're going to put a message out there, anybody in the world can follow you. So you you have to be interesting enough for people to follow you. Or, or they'll start to drop off. Now, I don't want to put pressure on that because we'll talk in, in future episodes of what you're tweeting and what you're tweeting about. But basically, they're saying, hey, whenever, whenever you know, Skippy talks, at Skippy, um, you know, I, want to, I want to see what he has. It's going to show up on my home wall. It's going to show up on my message board, if you will. Uh, now, just because someone is following you, like I said, doesn't mean they see your tweets on any consistent level. So 
if a person follows 500 people, let's say you're following 500 people that all happen to be tweeting around the same time, all of their posts are going to show up on your wall. Okay, They're all going to show up on a whole list, if you will. All their tweets show up on a list. Well, you're not going to go through all 500 posts. You're just, you're just tweets. You're just not going to do that. So just because you have followers doesn't mean each one will see every message you post or tweet. But it also doesn't mean that you, should, you shouldn't keep on the radar the ones that are paying attention and, and what you say to them. So just keep in mind that when we're doing that, you know, not everybody's going to see your tweets. Now, if you're a long-winded type person, if you're somebody that, that uh, you know, types a lot or can't say anything in, in, in a short amount of time. So I'll give you an example of a Twitter post. So going forward, quote, Twitter posts are a max of 140 characters. If you are long-winded or like to wax poetic on each of your tweets, you will be cut off. Most like, oh, see, we got cut off. That was, that was 140 characters. See what I mean? It's tough. So I kind of like Twitter that it forces to say you know, what we want to say uh, in a shorter period of time. Matter of fact, it's a great exercise that you know, before there was Twitter, it was a great exercise with people of, you know, hey, tell me about your product. But in, in Twitter's 140, I used to say 150. But basically, tell me about your product in less than, you know, less than 150 characters. Or tell me about your product in less than 20 seconds. Um, it really forces people to get to the meat of the discussion, or in that case, the sale is an example. But in Twitter, you really have to pick your words carefully. And, and it, it's, kind of, it's kind of fun and it's kind of aggravating at the same time. There's an art to writing short tweets that both convey a message and prompt a response. Uh, although some people get into a considerable amount of abbreviations, um, you know, and it's just your style. Um, I'm not. I'm not the kind of person that likes to abbreviate too much. I think it becomes like a, you know, like like, like people text nowadays. Uh, I like to actually spell things out, which makes it even more challenging. Uh, but when you do abbreviations, people have to think of the abbreviations, and obviously there's some that are out there that everybody's aware of. But for the most part, I just don't like doing the abbreviations, which makes it even more challenging in some cases. But you'd be amazed once you get good at it how well you can tweet in 140 characters. Whether, whether it's uh, a call of action to go look at something, whether it's a joke, uh, sharing a quote, whatever it may be. And if you're just curious, go, go, go to mine, go to at Godfather, G-O-D-F-A-D-R, and you'll get an idea. Most of mine are just jokes that I've shared or quotes or some sales, you know, some, some cigar stuff because I also own a cigar company and a marketing company. Um, so check that out. On the plus side, um, you know, a portion of your tweets can link to a web page, so you can always take them someplace else. You can always take them, you know, so, you know, like, quote, uh, we're going to change everything you know about cookies for 48 hours, and then put a link. And that'll go over to my baking site that'll show stuff about cookies. So we can always pull people out of there. So not only is that phrase, we are, only, we are going to change everything you know about cookies for 48 hours, link, you know, link to the site there. Not only is that well within the 140 character limit, it does raise an eyebrow and beg to be clicked. And just so you know, even if you have long links, links are abbreviated in Twitter, so you don't have that loss there where it counts against your characters terribly. Um, you know, the other thing on Twitter, are you ready to talk uh, a lot? Um, Twitter is a very, very active, active, active uh, social media. And, and Facebook is as well. We talked about Facebook a little bit last week. But, you know, when you open up that conversation, the worst thing you can do is open up conversation and then not respond. So 
there are basically three ways someone tries to get your attention on Twitter. Um, in order, by the way, there is the using your name at your name, which is basically a um, a direct uh, a tag of you, if you will. There's direct messaging, which is uh, like an in, uh, an email box within Twitter. And then there's hashtags, which is the pound symbol and then whatever word. And that's the least of the three, particularly as, as we're small brands. So the first one is at your name. Tweeting at your name is something like, had a great time with at Skippy last night at the soccer game. Now, if they put at Skippy in there, and I am at Skippy, when I open up my email, or excuse me, when I open up my Twitter, there are basically, there's the just the general wall that everybody I'm following shows up on that wall. There's also the at wall, if you will. So think of it as columns on a piece of paper. So I'm gonna, I can look at any number of columns. So the first column I might look at in Twitter is just general conversation of everybody that I follow. And that's usually what most people log on to and they see and they realize, wow, that's just a lot, a lot of noise. Okay, there's a lot going on there. Well, the, the second column is the at column or direct, you know, I was mentioned column, if you will. And that's where we're going to find the at mentions. So the only thing that's going to show up in that are when people specifically put my name in their tweet, at Godfather, are you going to the soccer game tonight? That tweet request uh, has, you know, obviously I'm going to have to respond to that in some way, but that kind of helps sift through that. So if nobody mentioned me specifically, it's just on the general wall. If someone mentioned my Twitter name specifically, now it's all screened out for me in Twitter. So you can see how this gets a little bit easier now where the, in, in the interest of time, instead of going through hundreds and hundreds and thousands of tweets, I just have to look at the ones where someone actually mentioned my name in the tweet. And those are the ones that I want to pay attention to for that conversation. So you're going to want to respond to somebody like that. So if someone sent me a message, you know, a tweet and says, at Godfather, are you going to the soccer game tonight? Then I would respond at their username, you know, whatever it is. You bet. We'll see you right after the radio interview. So now I've sent a tweet back to them that will show up in their message area or their mentions area, if you will, meaning I mentioned them in a tweet. So the next way to do it is called direct messaging. And it is if that wasn't enough, there's another way for people to get all of you on Twitter, although less frequent. It's called a direct message. So, or DM for short. Think of DM as just like an email box. Okay, the only people that can DM you are people that you follow. The only person that gets the DM is you. So, on the plus side, it's a great way to take what is essentially a public Twitter conversation to a private venue very easily within the same system. Uh, the downside is, is it's yet another email box to monitor. The other problem is that DM seems to be the favorite among spammers and hackers, where they love to just, you know, you, you follow somebody and it says, hey, are you, are, you, uh, are you drinking this new whatever coconut slash pomegranate slash uh, bug juice that makes you look younger? Um, so... Uh, it's just, it's, it's just, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's another email box. I use it occasionally. Um, like I said, I probably like it because it's a great way to take an, you know, someone asks me a, a, a question on Twitter publicly. I may not want my answer to be 
public. So I just jump over there and send them a direct message, which is easy. The third one, and, and it's probably the, the least used until your brand really gets going, are hashtags. However, it is a great way to search Twitter to create a thread based on a subject rather than a tweet. So, um, for example, if someone has, you know, who's going to hashtag Winefest, and then, you know, you can search for that and you can go look at that and see everything that's on there because I can search for Winefest and I'll see everybody that's mentioning Winefest via hashtags. So with hashtags, every one of those tweets will show up if I search for at Winefest, or excuse me, uh, hashtag Winefest. So hashtags are great for what's trending or most talked about on Twitter. There are also some fun strategies for using hashtags on a day-to-day -day campaign. Uh, if Twitter is a good move for you or your business, you're going to have to realize it'll take a significant portion of your time, especially as your popularity grows. Now that said, I don't want to scare you. By now, some of you are probably ready to run away as far as you can and, and from Twitter. So let me, let, me, let me kind of bring you back in here a little bit. In some instances, and you know, business with Twitter can be invaluable. So, and and I've, I've, I've brought this up a couple times, but when I started a cigar company called Nomad, um, Twitter was instrumental in communicating with cigar smokers, fans, reviewers, writers, whatever it is. Um, I had to do something different. Um, it's, it's a very, it's a very, you know, old community. It's, 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 it's been around for a long time. I found the whole passionate community tweeting about what they, what cigar they were smoking, what they liked and what they didn't. So it led me to launching the cigar brand with the Twitter username right on the outside of the band, something no other cigar company had ever done before. So the reason I did that was, is people would be, you know, buying a cigar or looking at the cigar and they'd see the name on there and they go, wow, okay, what's this at Godfather? And people that were on Twitter knew what it was and they'd take a picture and tweet it and then it just started spreading more and more and more and more. Uh, Twitter was no doubt a major influence on the fast growing popularity of that cigar line. Uh, without social media, it certainly would not have, have taken off as fast as it did. At the end of the day, you have to have a good cigar in that industry, and, and, and I was thankful that I did. But uh, it would not have taken off to the degree that it did without social media helping spread the word. So what's the bottom line on if you should be on Twitter? Will you have ongoing conversations with your fans and potential customers that goes beyond the scope of just selling them stuff? So let me say that again. Will you have ongoing conversations with your fans and potential customers that goes beyond the scope of just selling them stuff? So we talked about this a little bit in, in, in an earlier podcast um, about how much of your information needs to be not sale related. So Zag, Z-A-G-G, they make protective film covers for iPhones and computers and cameras, and their Twitter is at Zag Daily, Z-A-G-G-D-A-I-L-Y, and that's their Twitter account. And I'm assuming because at Zag was already taken uh, at that time, so they probably couldn't use that. They really only have one goal. It's to get you to buy a screen protector. You know, I mean, that's what they're in business for. They're not, no one's in the, in the Twitter business, if you will. Uh, well, there are exceptions to that. But, um, you know, Zag's goal is to get you to buy a screen protector or a camera protector or whatever it is you go buy. But if you go look at their account, the bulk of their tweets are about cell phones, computers, surveys, viral videos. 
but they're not necessarily saying, hey, go buy this, go buy this, go buy this, we have this. They're, they're sharing a sector-based information. They understand that they will not be able to keep their followers if all they do is pitch their own stuff. They need to provide value that goes beyond the product. If you're going to have an active Twitter account, you need to pass on value to your followers in addition to sell them. Now, there's no hard and fast rule. I like to see, if you're talking Twitter right now, I like to see about 15 non-sale-related tweets for everyone that is self-promotional tweet. So let me say that again. I want to see 15 tweets coming from you that are sharing information, sharing information about what, what it is you're about, your, your, your product or your sector, if you will, um, sharing cool, funny quotes, cool stories, jokes, but you got to be careful on jokes, but some, you know, something along that line, but not selling your product. And then I'm okay, you dropped in there. Because personally, I want to see value that goes beyond. Look, I mean, if, if all I did was tweet, if you're following me, and if you're not, you should be. If you're following me, and all I was saying was, buy this, buy this, buy this, this is my stuff, buy this, this is my stuff, buy this, go buy this, here's the cart, here's a link to go buy this, here's the, you know, how long are you going to follow that person if that's all the message you see from me? And I use this exact example in a couple episodes, episodes, but if, in case you missed it, I think it's, it's worth repeating. If you've got a family member that every time they call you, every time, all they do is they want to borrow 100 bucks. They call you over, I want to borrow 100 bucks, I want to borrow 100 bucks. Well, you know, a lot, you know, whether it's the third, the fifth, the tenth, or the first, or the, you know, whenever, the 20th time, when that person calls you and you see them on caller ID, are you going to pick up the phone? Probably not, if that's the only reason they ever call you. So the same thing is when I'm reading your tweets. If all you're ever doing is selling me, or all you ever do in this case is want money from me, I'm just going to stop following you. So personally, I like Twitter for some of my clients, but certainly not all. I would guess that an active Twitter account is only useful for about 20% of businesses. Um, you know, part of it is also decide where you are. If, if, if your entire business, if you're in a town or a city, small city, and all of your business comes with this really small radius of people right around you. And let's say you're in a town and the population's, you know, 4,000 people, 10,000. Let's say 10,000 people. Why not? Um, if all your business comes from in there, well, how many of those people are even on Twitter? So you're going to work real, real hard. So, you know, you send out a tweet, it's global. It goes all the way, you know, so you're, you're in, you're in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Some guy in Chicago is reading your tweet. Well, he's not a buyer. He's not going to buy your product unless you're selling online. So if you're only selling, if you're brick and mortar and you're only selling local, chances are, 99% uh, of the time, I'm going to say you don't need to be on Twitter. It's a big waste of time. If you're a brick and mortar and you're only selling locally, then there's probably no reason for you to be on Twitter. You're still going to go out. You're still going to register your account. You're still going to lock it up because who knows, maybe someday you'll be online. Maybe someday you'll be selling nationally or globally. But Right now, you're not. Don't waste your time. It's too much work. Now, if you sell your product nationally, either you know online or your business does, or your brand is national, then we're going to start down the conversation of whether you should be on Twitter. One way to do that is to see what your competitors are doing on Twitter. So go look at other people in the industry. Are they on Twitter? Can you emulate them or do better? Because remember, this whole thing is about being in the lime. This whole thing is about not being a lemon. This whole thing, every one of these podcasts, all we're talking about is how can we be different? And once we get done with this groundwork, we're going to get very, very specific on some stuff. How can we be different than what they're doing? What can we do better? If they don't have an audience, if you see a competitor 
that does not have an audience on Twitter, why don't they? Okay, look at it from the perspective of some of the things we talked about. Is there no audience there? Or did they burn their audience? How many followers do they have? Do they have followers that you know seem to be dropping off? Because if you look at their tweets, everything they're talking about is their own stuff. Or coming here by this, coming here by this, coming here by this. And if that's the case, you go, well, okay, they're not providing value. So, so you know, do they have lots of users? Maybe they have a strong Twitter account and they have lots of users that you can follow. Did you know that if you have a Twitter account and he has or she has followers, I can go look at those followers. I can see who's following my competitor and I can follow them on Twitter and chances are a bunch of them will also follow me back. I mean, there's never been a wider open pl- platform, if you will, to go snag that stuff. So, and there's nothing wrong with it because they can do the same thing to me if they want. Twitter is about ongoing but brief conversations, snapshots in time, but those snapshots could be able to, you know, really yield you big returns, raving fans, and a new source of income if it's the right fit. So, if you kind of pass some of those tests and if you experiment with Twitter or certainly go to bethelime.com, read some of the other articles on Twitter, uh, send me an email at fred at bethelime.com and, and, and we can certainly have a conversation about whether it's a good fit for you and it takes all of probably about two minutes. Um, if it is, here's some action items for you right out of the gate though. One, set up a Twitter account whether you have it or not. Choose your username carefully as you cannot change your username. You'd have to start all over from scratch. So try to pick a username that's close to your company name as possible or close to your brand name as possible. Uh, set it so where when you go into profile, set it so the tweets and the DMs on your account will email you in the init- initially so that you don't have to log on and see if you ever got a message. You'll be notified you have a message. Uh, you can also do that via text if you want. I turned that off because I was just getting too many messages. When you start Twitter... Fill out the the uh, the profile of it. So just say who you are, what your company is, or what your brand is, and, and link to your website. Uh, get rid of the egg photo. It has a it has a default photo on Twitter that's just an egg. Uh, everything, by the way, is bird related. If you if you really pay attention to Twitter, there's there's the tweets, uh, which are bird. There's the egg you start with. There's the nest. There's the uh, um, flying. There's all the sorts of weird you know bird stuff in there. So um, be sure to upload a photo. Get rid of the egg. Uh, look for a few programs out there that can help you manage. We're going to talk about this, actually. I'll probably do this in a post. There are some great programs that can help you schedule tweets uh, and find more people to follow. So, I mean, you can use a, a, a program like Buffer to follow uh, to, to schedule out your tweets. Because um, unlike you know, Facebook, you can go in and you can, you can schedule out your tweet. Twitter, you cannot. But there are programs you're allowed to use with Twitter, like Buffer and things like that, which work out really, really well. Uh, you can also, you know, look up your competition, use a program like TweetAdder or something like that, and go out and look up your competition and see who they're following, so you can follow those. Um, remember, you can always, always go follow your, whoever your competition is. Also, pay attention to Follow Friday. This is something that shows up on on Fridays, and it's a hashtag FF. And uh, if you see people on your feed doing this, um, you know, look, you know, they're recommended followers. They're saying, hey, make sure you're following these people. And that's, that's always a good way to add more followers because they they'll almost always follow you back. Uh, and lastly, you know, look at using hashtags or certainly look at hashtags from the standpoint of doing research. So if, if you're doing, um, you know, cookies, for example, you know, search for hashtag cookies. See what comes up. See, you know, maybe there are other people that make cookies. Maybe they decorate cookies. Maybe they sell cookies. 
Um, you know, maybe there's collateral hashtags that 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 aren't you know hashtag cookie. Maybe they're hashtag snack time. Uh, or go look and see who's following uh, Oreo Cookie. I think they're at Oreo. See who's following them. So there's some great ways to kind of boost up your um, your uh, uh, Twitter followers and things like that in that case. So I think that's it uh, for today. I'm actually going to post the Lime of the Week on the site because the podcast is getting close to, to the time here. So thanks for listening. Next week, we're going to talk about feature creep. Now, I, I kick some clients... You know, it's tough to get them to pull the trigger and actually put stuff out there. So um, some people obsess over every detail. And I'm, by the way, also one of those people, and I have to unlearn that. And, and changing of every last detail, last minute, creates delays, and nothing gets out there. It's called feature creep, and it can absolutely kill a launch. So we're going to learn the phrase, is it good enough? What's the minimum you need in place to get started? And we'll, you know, the answer will probably surprise you. And we'll probably talk about launching something online, like an online product or something to use as an example. So until then, I'm Fred Rui. And remember, be the lime. The world has enough lemons. You've been listening to Fred Rui on Be the Lime. Get even more helpful tips, strategies, and general mayhem online at BeTheLine.com. Until next time, remember, the world has enough lemons. Be The Line.